You're listening to Campus Review Radio. I'm Patrick Avenal and I'm the news editor for Campus Review. David Higgins is ANZ Country Manager for WatchGuard Technologies, a cybersecurity specialist. I spoke with David about the current state of play for IT security in the education space and I started by asking for an overview of the landscape. Schools, like all organisations, uh, have got a, a duty of care, particularly schools, a duty of care to not only protect their, their, uh, their students from, uh, from malicious uh, malware, etc., but they also have a duty of care to ensure that uh, when they're actually using the school system, that they need to, be, they need to ensure that they, the sites they're going to are appropriate for the internet usage that a student should be able to get to. So uh, I don't think that's changed very much. I think what's changed, particularly for education, is just the simple amount of malware that's out there. And of course, um, um, school students tend to have a, uh, I guess their actions tend to be, well, if it's, it's something there, I'll click it and see what happens. And I think there's a bit of a, a pretty strong need to be able to detect them from themselves. And as I say, it doesn't matter whether it's, it's, it's the corporations or whether it's education or whether it's small business. We've all got the same issues. Protect you from the bad stuff and make sure you don't go to those the websites that are inappropriate for the organisation you're with. And what are some things that uh, an IT manager at a school or university can do to try and uh, you know uh, keep the keep the facility safe? Okay. Well, well one is to put in uh, a, 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 a correct usage policy for uh, where you're actually going outbound and looking for information. I mean, it, it, there, is a, there is a trade-off, and I've spoken to some schools, IT managers or, or, or the senior educators there, where they really want open access for their students because it's a learning environment and they want their students to be able to go wherever they can go. But what they want to be able to do is monitor that, and if they're going to inappropriate sites, then what they want to be able to do from that reporting is understand, I guess, in an open education environment, why they're trying to go to those particular sites and provide some sort of advice. So I'd say, firstly, depending upon the school's policy, implement a a strict internet policy which will prevent them going to a number of sites or perhaps it's an open uh, internet policy and have the very strong reporting that enables them to pick up individual students and their uses to understand and provide them with the, the, the guidance as to where they should be spending their time. So having the, so that's really the upbound. Having a, being able to implement whatever the school's internet usage policy is and be able to formulate that and then having the reporting behind that to ensure that um, their students, because students are very capable of going searching wherever they're probably not meant to, to ensure that you know exactly where they're going and it is meeting the school's policy. So that's really the outbound. The inbound one is they've all got, um, they've all got uh, uh, email uh, at school. Uh, they've all got lots of different applications at school. And there's obviously the opportunity there to open uh, emails that have malware attached, uh, which could create all sorts of problems through not just the, the education part of the school, but also uh, the administration side as well. And I would suggest one thing that all schools, all, internet, all IT managers at 
school should be doing is ensuring that their administration side of the school is completely segmented from the, I guess, the education part of the, the school. Does that make sense? Yeah, so uh, do you think that uh, sort of the knowledge of how to stop uh, cyber attacks and the tools in order to do it are growing at the same rate as, as the criminals are developing new strategies to hack in and steal information? Uh, well, we're not perfect. <laughs> and no, security is 100%. So it's, it's a question that I think everybody constantly asks. Look, if I look back, even, you know, when I started it here back uh, 14, 15 years ago in security, we, we used to send out updates, that is, um, new virus, antivirus signatures on a monthly basis on a CD. And 14 years later, um, these things, we're now looking, doing lookups in the cloud in real time to look for, um, you know, to see whether we've got particular malware happening. So there's no doubt that the technology to, to prevent an attack, or at least to identify it and help mitigate the attack, it certainly moved on tremendously and it continues to increase. There's no doubt about it. Um, but the world is moving on from just protection because the question then becomes, okay, you say you're not 100% foolproof and no cybersecurity is, then what happens when something doesn't get, when something does get through? What do you do? And the world is starting to move just from protection to detection. The assumption that something will get through, let's have uh, some other technology in place that allows you to identify when something's got through and to remediate that as quickly as possible. What do you see as sort of like the future uh, battlefront in, in cybersecurity? You, you talked earlier about, you know, uh, malware coming in over emails where you click on a link to, to launch the, the insidious software on your computer. That was still sort of what was happening 10 years ago when I was at university. What do you see as being the next frontier that uh, IT managers at schools and universities need to be on the lookout for? I, I think we, we did just, and, I'm, and it's silly to say, to use the word sophistication, but as, as the technology that the malware writers are using gets better and better, we need to ensure that the technology that I had working for me 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, is just not adequate. You need to ensure that you, if you want to protect yourself, you need to ensure that you're protecting in up-to-date systems. So, uh, I mean, there is no doubt that the malware is going to continue to be get better and better. Um, and, and I say that better and better, but perhaps from a customer's point of view, worse and worse, there's going to be more of it, it's going to be more rapid. Um, and to ensure, or to give you the best possible chance to prevent that, you need to ensure that the technology you invested in three years ago is probably not the technology you should be investing in today. How, what sort of cycle of rejuvenation do you recommend for uh, IT software and security software? Look, I'm, I'm clearly talking from a watchguard point of view, but many of our competitors do the same thing. Um, you buy a license from us. Uh, generally, most people, when they buy a license for, for, to use our software, um, will buy a three-year license. And during the term of that license, as we constantly see an evolution of the threat, we constantly evolve our protection capabilities for our customers. And as long as they continually keep up to date, which their license allows them to, 
then they're really saying to WatchGuard and to other security vendors, I'm depending upon you to make sure that you're, you know, that half a step ahead or at least you're at least in line with the malware writers. So I would suggest um, having a, at least having a licence that not just buys the technology on day one three years ago, but during that three-year period of the licence that the um, technology continues to evolve and that's all part of the licence. That's exactly what we do and I'm, I'm sure our competitors do the same thing. I mean, if if you're anything like me, a user out there, you've you've had a PC and you've installed security software on it, and then you get alerts, and the alerts start irritating you. So then you turn the alerts off. I, I wonder, is there an education? I wonder if you know. I get the feeling you've heard that before. The uh, is there an education that you've got to remind people that that's not good enough, that attitude, or do you have people have to have been hit and hurt before they learn? Um, and, and I'm not sure so much in education, but certainly in some of the markets we operate in, between particularly the smaller and medium end, um, it's, I, I, I believe there's a, it's, why would it happen to me? I'm not that big. I'm not, I'm not that big a target. I don't keep any data. I have nothing of value. Why would they come after me? And therefore their protection is not up to date, is not adequate. And, um, the only thing that seems to happen to them is they get burnt. Maybe at that stage, um, they do something. They actually go, wow, we've been hit. Now it's time to do it. But up till then, I think there's a bit of um, Australian attitude. She'll be right. Why me? I'm not a target. All right. And is there anything you'd like to add, I David? That all the time. Is there anything further you'd um, like to add, David? Yeah, look... I, <laughs> Security, I mean, everybody seems to think that the malware writers have got the jump on the on the security companies. Um, the security companies are investing, um, you know, a lot of money in their R&D. Uh, there's a lot of work going around now using, um, you know, machine learning and all these sorts of things. So I would suggest that, you know, if you go with a reputable security company, you, you keep your software up to date. Um, and you, and you just mentioned before, we still come back to the same old thing. Make sure you've got the security in place. Make sure it's up to date. Patch your, your operating system software. Patch your application software. And make sure you have backups. And if you do that, even if you do get hit, adequate backups, then you're in, you're in pretty good shape. Doing nothing, I don't think, is an option. 